0: Hello and welcome to our Brave Feminine Leadership Series 5x5. In this series, we'll meet some incredible experts across a range of fields and explore top tips for senior professionals to thrive and find joy in leadership. So whether you're out for a walk, you're on your daily commute or you've found a few minutes to yourself with a nice cup of tea, enjoy these conversations and keep a notebook handy for the top tips shared. Today, I am joined by Claire Groves. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Our podcast today is titled The Top Five Things to Bring Together Mental Health and Performance to Enable You to Be the Leader That You Want to Be. So, let me welcome Claire and share briefly your bio, Claire. So, Claire is the director and founder of Founding. Prior to this, Claire was the founder and CEO of Clarity Healthcare, an accredited mental health service providing a wide range of treatments for people with acute and complex mental health concerns. Claire is passionate about pioneering new models of care, and her work at Founding focuses specifically on clinical therapy and business consulting for business owners and executive mental health. Claire was the manager of Epworth Psychiatry, where she was responsible for developing and delivering the model of care and achieving accreditation for the hospital, uh, inpatient, outpatient, and ECT suites. Before that, Claire spent six years on crisis assessment and treatment teams, CAT teams, both in Melbourne and in Vancouver. Claire's on several boards and is on the expert reference group for the evaluation of federally funded mental health services. And her work has been published in the Australian and New Zealand Journal of Psychiatry. Claire, I feel so lucky to have you join us today. Got an incredible background in this space. And you know, never I think has it been more prevalent um, for you know owners and executives. Um, in terms of challenges with mental health. So mm. stick straight into our, our first question and love to get your expertise and your thoughts on this. So, you sure. know, we know that being a founder and owner and a leader of a company can be confusing and lonely. It can be exhilarating and devastating, and it can have far-reaching consequences across the life and lives of those involved. How can we possibly manage the health and well-being of business owners and partnerships? Where do we start? Mm-hmm. Where do we start? It can be such a lonely
1: existence. Um, I know when I was when I owned um, Clarity, it did feel particularly when you've got so many people answering into you. Um, as a leader, you've got to be absolutely at the top of your game all the time, essentially, um, to make sure that you can be the person you want to be within your business and at within an executive. Um, so I think people often find that they can lose their 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 way with their health. Often that can be sacrificed for performance. Not really, not realizing that your health is your greatest asset for performance. Not only that, but also um, we do find that particularly business owners, but also CEOs, um, can be sometimes uh, quite perfectionistic and have. Pre-existing um, mental health predispositions. Um, so we do find that people don't spend enough um, enough time focusing on really what are my vulnerabilities, what are um, what are some of the, my experiences in life, but also within my work that have been somewhat traumatic or um, have essentially meant that it has made my life working a little bit harder I'm more reactive than what I would like to be Um, I'm having trouble managing my thinking around the finances Um, I can't think clearly you know there's so many implications to your performance and your thinking that comes from not being absolutely top-notch in terms of your mental health and wellness.
0: I mean we know that 80% of the entrepreneurs experience at least one significant mental health illness or episode whilst running a company. You know, what is this all about and how can we improve that for people that are experiencing, you know, mental ill health?
1: Yeah, entrepreneurs, I think, um, are at a significantly higher risk, um, often because not only are there, um, is their performance tied into the performance of the company, but also their personal, um, their personal wealth can be at stake as well. It's a huge amount of pressure. Um, not only that, but you've got relationships that you're trying to manage internally and externally of the within the business and and outside of it. It can be really difficult if you're working with a partner, um, but also it can be really difficult if you're in the business and you've got family members who are not necessarily they've got their own work and career and they feel like bystanders on a very fast moving train a lot of the time. Um, so we do. We do really, um, you know, we know that entrepreneurs and, and founders, CEOs, really struggle with loneliness, with with often anxiety. They wake up with dread. You know, there's so many things, and and often, like I said before, can be quite traumatized by their experience of running a business. What I call small business trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we do really need those existing predispositions to be looked at with a with a therapist, not just necessarily coaching for some of the entrepreneurs that we have come through, um, where their their issues do actually run a lot deeper and are ma- massively impacting their, their business.
0: So I've got so many questions I want to ask on this. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna ask the next one and then because I think they're gonna be related, but CEOs and executives experience mental ill health at a significantly higher level than the general population. Mm. Um, I mean, what what is that difference? Um, You know, are there any numbers around that difference? And then how can we support high performers to actually improve their wellbeing? Yeah. So why does it happen? Um, So often what
1: drives people to be high achieving can be somewhat dysfunctional to start with, even though the outcome can be very functional. And we want to make sure that what is driving people to perform is intrinsically motivated rather than looking at what are the external things that I'm getting from performing really highly um so so often we've had you know we know that perfectionistic traits that that fear of being criticized not being open to um you know to feedback and and all of that although you might actually be very good at it um underneath We want to be able to access those skills without it um, being masked by issues of the past. Um, So what is it that's driven people? Often it's, you know, we've had critical people in our lives when we were kids or, um, you know, you've got really high performing people around you and you think, well, that's what you do in order to be successful, driven by. External things like money and reward and and that sort of stuff, which is all fine, but also you need that base of who am I, what are my values, what am I really doing this for, how do I marry my behaviours to my values, no matter what the circumstance, so that I can feel good about myself, I can continue to connect with the people around me in a genuine way, um, how do I keep my relationships alive outside of this very stressful role. All of that is so key to making sure that people can succeed personally and professionally. Um, what was the second part of your question, Melissa?
0: Uh, was um, Are there statistics? When we say that, you know, we yeah. as an executive's experience this at a significantly higher level than the general population, are there numbers that come to mind when when we talk about that?
1: So it's 80 to 85% of entrepreneurs and CEOs in particular that experience a significant mental health um, concern throughout their time in leadership that having been said, all those predisposing factors, if kept in check, can be actually a superpower and not, not a problem. You know, being driven and really wanting to perform can be such a superpower if everything else is lining up. Um, And the way it exhibits itself in people can be very different. So there's no clear stats on, you know, 50% will get anxiety and and 50% of that 85% will get depression. It can come out in so many different ways. You know, we've had recently um, people with really significant OCD that has shown itself throughout COVID. Um, You know, there's often a tipping point in people's mental health where suddenly their mental health deteriorates and there's quite a significant um, and life-interrupting mental health concern that really seemingly comes out of the blue for people, but really when we actually start to look back, we go, oh, yes, okay, this does make sense. Um, Mm.
0: Yes. So um, how can mental health support and coaching go together for people?
1: Mm, Good question. Um, I do find, so we work with coaches um and oftentimes there are coaches who realize um that there's something more serious going on and I think too the stigma associated with becoming unwell as an entrepreneur or CEO is so significant that the first port of call is a coach because it's much less stigmatized um I guess the oftentimes it's the um coaches will will reach out when they're finding that someone who's previously made a lot of sense and been incredibly rational has started to really have difficulty with their thinking and being able to kind of be pragmatic and and pull things together so i think when there's that space of um i'm just not sure what's going on for this person that that's the time to go i think we need a, a clinical assessment here to make sure that you're understanding exactly what's going on, and then we can work together to, you know, we can do the clinical therapy side of things, whether it's a very particular evidence-based therapy that we need in order to get this person back on track. And then the coaching, the coach is actually going to feel, you know, that, that they can be useful because that person is able to really take on what they're saying
0: that's fascinating so um okay so a lot of coaches are recognizing in someone that there is something more going on and they can't support them through it how many individuals recognize the symptoms in themselves and reach out to you guys is that you know, does that happen as well i imagine
1: well uh so so often is the case in all mental health work is that people come to you in a crisis um that's why it's so lovely to team up with coaches because often they've known the person for a little bit longer and they've seen a change. Um, so that preventative work is is really wonderful. But um nine times out of ten we do have people presenting in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle um and really needing that stabilization. I think to reassuring people that a you know, I guess it it is a healthcare response. so reminding yourself that it is discreet, we are under significant um privacy. Of course, we have to comply with the Privacy Act. There's um a huge amount of there's an advantage to reaching out to a healthcare response as well. Um, And really uh making sure that you are (laughs) you're noticing those changes. If you can think back to when I started the business, this is how I felt and how far are you away from that feeling now? How much are you hating your job? How much are you hating um, the responsibility? Do you wake up in the morning feeling a bit sick and wondering what's going to happen today? That anxiety and that that dread is really a sign that your your body and your your mind is is really sort of at at its limit. And have we pushed ourselves a little bit too hard, (laughs) which is the answer is probably yes, having been in that position, um, running Clarity for a decade you just ask too much of your body and your mind and you can't possibly stay well in amongst that. So we really focus on how do we keep you in your job and get you well because I know the feeling of actually can't step away. It's not realistic. So how do we get well in amongst this pressure is key. Um, You know, often we find that healthcare will just purely go down there, take time off, get yourself well. You know, that's not realistic. Um, So let's really make sure that you feel confident that you can get well, stay well, and also keep all the things in your life that are important and recognise that you're under financial pressure. You know, you do have to keep the doors open and the lights on and it's not realistic to step away. So that's, yeah.
0: And so, you know, from that space as well, how... How do you help people be in healthy relationships and, like <clears throat> you know, whether it be running their own business or in these very high pressure positions?
1: Yeah, so I think um, some of the strategies between business partners, as well as you know, real life partners, can be quite similar. Um, you know, you do spend an enormous amount of time with your business partners if we if we start there, and so much of it is about communicating what's important to you versus the rest of your partnership group, um, really getting everyone on the same page. It's such a magical thing, to be honest, because so often you just don't feel that you can sit in that space easily. Talk about how how do we view um, a profit distribution at the end of the year? How do we actually look at do we, do we keep all of that and reinvest it in the business or does one person have school fees that they have to pay? let's really get all of that out on the table so that there's not this kind of tiptoeing around the really kind of sensitive things, because that can be enough to stress one person out and really affect their performance. Um, so let's line up our values. Let's make sure that everyone is is aware. We don't have to have exactly the same values, but we do need to be aware of where everybody is sitting in terms of their priorities with the business there's there's always going to be a fluctuating commitment between people. As long as we can talk about that and feel confident to talk about it, then things are going to go quite well. Um, in that, though, there is sometimes some, some clinical work to be done with one individual and not, not everybody else. So we do... We do work in a very kind of um, discreet and gentle way with people who maybe are having difficulty within themselves, and that's affecting the partnership and the business. So it's a little bit of a family therapy model, essentially, um, which is the evidence based approach that we take is um, really how do we make sure that this functional group is optimized? And then uh, with partners outside of work um really it's it's making sure that they are feeling included that they're not feeling that um they're at the bottom of the priority list that they don't feel that their their finances are at risk um that we do actually look at some of the business consulting side of things and making sure everyone's protected that sort of stuff but then also not getting so caught up in the in the day-to-day of the business, because it is never-ending, how do you actually stop? How do you rest? How do you spend time with your family and friends and actually be, be present, not just physically, um, which is I think one of the biggest things with entrepreneurs is that you can see that they're physically there, but really the lights are on no one's home. No.
0: Um, they're running through the next email to be sent, the next meeting. Oh,
1: yeah. It's awful. And it's, it's, it's you beautiful. know awful for them it's really hard for the people around them yeah so how do you rest
0: so my final question then and I think you've weaved a number of them through our conversation but you know if I asked you what was the number one thing um, that you would share with people to sort of bring together their mental health and performance successfully what would you look
1: having The experience myself, but then also seeing a lot of entrepreneurs and execs, um, I think the biggest thing is realising that our experiences really do shape our day-to-day behaviours and our leadership style. And we can't get away from the fact that we've all had a past and a family and a childhood. And, um, you know, the way that even we think about finances is shaped in the first in the early years of our of our lives, so how do we really get our minds across that? So that when you're a, when you're having a, a busy day, you can very quickly clock like, oh, that could trigger, that could trigger me to do this. That could, you know, I'm just going to be really mindful of the thoughts coming in and out of my my head today because they're just thoughts, and do they carry that much weight? I don't know. So not not just going about on auto- autopilot. And hoping for the best that's that's really and you know marrying that with some of the pressures the pnl you know really helping people to have because we can't help but have the pnl affect our mental health so how do we make sure that the way that you're thinking about things and approaching it is actually realistic and not possibly anxiety um so that would be
0: And are we seeing the stigma you mentioned earlier, the sort of stigma associated with mental health support? Do you you feel Hmm. a start to shift at all? Um, Look,
1: yes. Yes yes and no. I think not as much as we'd hoped um, would happen. I mean, it is, as you say, Melissa, we are corporate athletes and there's no athletes out there that I know that don't also have a, a sports psychologist. So... How do you, um, how can you possibly expect yourself to perform without the clinical support needed to get your brain running really well? Um, I think there's still, I think the personalities that we deal with, um, of which, you know, we are we are one and we are both, <laughs> um, is that there is an expectation that you're tough and you can push through and you, you can think your way out of it, anything and you're really smart. Um, and that is just simply not how we can we we don't have the ability to sort our own stuff out you you can't set your own bones if you break your arms so yeah,
0: absolutely um I always say as well I and mean, I do say that we're corporate athletes and I also say it takes a village to does. be a good leader and to be um in that space so um thank you so much for joining me today such an important conversation and so wonderful to know that there is support out there um and for all of those personalities like us who think that you should be able to <laughs> You don't have to. You don't no, have to. Don't make it harder. Yeah. Brilliant talking to
1: you today, Claire. Thanks. Well thank you so much for having me.